0: What to do, party people. Okay, this is episode 14, the official 14. It o four p.m. on August the 24th. Today is Tuesday, which technically is my Wednesday. We now work on Sundays. I am an educator who works on Sundays, which is new and odd and a little um, exciting for me. Um, simply because I spent the whole year before really... Uh, chilling at home, writing TV shows, working on my craft, taking classes on how to become a better screenwriter, script writer, book writer. And so my body clock was kind of, uh, had been freed up. And now I'm having to readjust to a whole new schedule um, on the different side of the sun. So I can definitely feel when y'all are sleeping and (laughs) I can tell, i would be like, all my friends sleep right now. Because I'm sleepy. My body is still like, what are we doing? So uh, today I'm going to talk about what happened yesterday from top to bottom. It's going to be really quick um, because it wasn't a lot that happened. We have started doing um, mocks, which is a part of uh, my orientation. And basically a mock is uh, we watch our uh, leaders teach a class and then we have to teach a class. So, yesterday started out pretty good. I woke up at 5.55, did my journaling, and then just kind of started moving through the day. Um, I was waiting on my new mattress, right? So, um, the bug bites had started to recede, and we were kind of coming out of that, that moment of, of my life here in Egypt. And so we got up this morning and, I mean yesterday morning, and we had to go to a tablet class where we were supposed to learn how to use our tablets. We were supposed to get our tablets and learn how to use our tablets. Well, I'm learning that in the culture that I'm in, in the specific Egyptian culture that I'm in, I don't know about all Egyptian culture, um, but where I'm at and in the preparation for getting ready for school to start, now that the uh, government has pushed the date back it's one big hurry up and wait game. So I've been saying that everything is hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait. So we get to the class and first of all it's a very small class. So I'm all mask on, like mask on the whole time. There are certain classes that I go to and we're spread out enough to where I can sit separate and unmask myself. But not only was this class small, it they hadn't turned the air on. So I'm mass on, I have my little fan that I got from Pan-African Connection. I'm fanning and doing my thing and this guy literally, um, he basically just showed us that he knows how to use, <laughs> he basically showed us that he knows how to use the tablets. And of course, he thinks he's teaching us, he thinks he's informing us, but he's literally just saying, this is how you do this, this is how you do that. Now mind you, we don't have tablets. so. The way he's teaching it, which I'm realizing everybody can't be a teacher. Some of us don't know why we're standing in front of people uh, trying to inform them. But it was uh, mediocre at best. I got to be honest. Um, I do realize that I'm going to have to uh, take another class. But uh, today we got the tablet. So we're, they're, they're, they're going to work it into the schedule. But I'm going to have to do some like personal research um, about it as well. Because some of the people that they're putting in front of us, they're good at what they do like he's a definitely an it guy definitely a science and fixes guy but not the best informer or class leader when it comes to teaching teaching is a there's actually an art form to it it's a craft and you have to connect you can't stand in front of people all day long and and not look at them and not make connections and not see that they blanking out or that you know they don't went cross on you and he definitely didn't notice that like i definitely was flatlining And he definitely was not willing to resuscitate a sister. So I had to, you know, save my own life and uh, drink me some water and just pay attention. So we we came out of that. And what's funny is when he finished, he was like, okay, I'm tired. (laughs) I think that's it, I'm done. And he still had like four things on the schedule that he was supposed to walk us through. So my roommate, Shari, she brought it to his attention and he was like, oh, so he taught half of one other thing. And then he was like, I'm done. And that is the culture here, is once I say something, that is it, that is all. Unless you are above me, then I will listen, and only then will I listen. But as as long as I feel like you're beneath me or equal to me, my word is my word. And it's all good. You know, I've been telling y'all from jump that um, the men here, um, if they are not in tune with who they are, if they're falling for this uh, cultural colonialism, they just talk to you like they don't have good sense. They talk to you like they are God. They talk to you like you better listen to me or else. It's just a very weird approach to communicating. So left out of there, and then we go to our um, content areas, which mine is English. I'm primarily seventh grade, um, but we're now doing the mock classes to where we'll see mock classes being held for all of the grades. Now, once again, I will say this. I've never seen anything like this, and it's the best thing ever. Like, I've always wanted to go through an orientation that allowed me to really see and then practice what it is I'm gonna be doing in the classroom. Most of the time you do a mock um, lesson is to get the job, but then once you get into the the system that you're in, you don't really see those things until it's it's day one, you know, the gates open and the bell rings and you're off to the races. Um, They've dedicated two whole days to simply watching mock lessons you and them for your content area and it's really something that um i think should be adopted uh in my in in american culture um i think a one-week orientation is not enough for new people um, and I know most of the time for new people in in Western culture they do get two weeks. They have to check in before the uh, returning teachers. But I'm not really sure what's effective and what's not. I mean, like I said, I come from good. I, I come from great teachers. I come from great teachers from elementary school. Middle school is questionable, right? Middle school is questionable for me because I entered a middle school that was primarily white and. I felt the shift in people seeing the change. So a lot of my teachers in middle school, they weren't they just they didn't care. Let me say it that way. They just didn't care. I can't remember one. I cannot remember one. I remember my algebra teacher Miss Walker had a little bit of compassion for me when I was failing her class and she said, "What I'm going to do for you is withdraw you from this. Give you a little bit of time and then you can take it in the second Time. And she really had a lot of mercy on me. She was Miss Walker was probably the only teacher I can remember from middle school who really had an impact on my life. Um, and then high school is where it kind of picked back up where I really had good teachers. Um, so when I'm talking about being an educator in another country with a language barrier, the way that I'm being oriented into this for me, is they get an excellent check mark because there's nothing more um, there's no better learning curve than to practice the actual act of teaching before you get to teach and not just practice it once but practice it several times and see it modeled several times so here's the dealio about the system I'm in as a middle school teacher we all know middle school I call it the middle passage it's uh, the middle of nowhere, the middle of now here, your baby is gone, right? Your, for some reason around fifth, sixth grade, kids start to shift, parents start to shift, and nothing is stable. Even your smart kids, um, their behavior becomes more about maybe acceptance or non-acceptance. They either like, pull closer into the popular group or they set themselves apart. Um, and by the popular group, I mean they begin to stick more to their tribe. So you might have a smart kid who um, now wants to wear makeup. So now she's hanging out with a group of kids that may not be as smart as her, but they wear makeup. You might have a student who was the bad kid in middle school. And now he's trying to be the, the cool kid. I mean, bad kid in elementary, and now he's trying to be the good kid or the cool kid. So the behavior shifts a little bit. But at the end of the day, middle school is all about separate. It's that process where kids begin to separate themselves from their, their parents and adhere to the, the culture of the hallway. They don't, they, don't, they don't stick to the teachers until after the break. So nobody really has dominion over your child. And I'm really speaking about seventh grade more than I am middle school, even though this process starts about fifth grade. But at seventh grade, baby, that first uh, half of the school year, don't nobody got your child, but they friends. Nobody. They don't like any adults that first half of seventh grade, even the smart kids. They're like, everybody's trying to fit somewhere. So... Um, If they don't, especially if they don't recognize themselves in you. So for me, I'm kind of looking at that um, as a brown woman, as a English speaker and as a Texan. Right. So all of that matters. Um, Middle school um, is where, you know, where I come from. Snitches get stitches. Right. Well, here snitches get riches because students get to uh, they are celebrated. For um, acknowledging bad behavior in their peers, it's a big thing here to have a classroom, and you have what is called a discipline prefect, and that kid is the kid who monitors the behavior in the classroom, and it is not a frowned-upon um, uh, role of responsibility. Um, for For me as a teacher, I already know resistance is futile, so I don't fight. I don't fight. My chip, my, I don't fight my students. Like, there's certain things that a student can do thinking they're funny, and I actually might laugh and then go in on how I got the joke. Most teachers don't do that. They be like, that is not acceptable, it's not tolerated, I ain't playing with you. I'm that way to a certain extent. However, here, I'm realizing, I, first of all, I gotta get these kids to warm up to me, but here, discipline is key. You gotta raise your hand, and it is, it is, it is stated. Do not let a kid just holler out. Do not let a kid. Now, we do that in the West, but not like we do here. Not like we do here. It's a a serious system of checks and balances. So, for instance, if a kid hollers out something, I can say something to the effect of, look, dude, you're no longer in the sixth grade. In the sixth grade, maybe you could raise your hand and holler out, but you have mature, right? And they'll go, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, yes, miss, excuse me, no, miss, I just ate lunch, y'all. Excuse me. Um, so I can say that kind of thing to them and, you know, raise the expectation in the behavior. Um, in seventh grade, you don't go to the bathroom. You, you're, you, you're, you're moving into another level of your age. You are now learning how to control your entire existence. And your bladder is one of those. I do not have a doctor's note that says that I can let you go to the bathroom whenever you want to go to the bathroom. So no. Sit down. Right? As a matter of fact, you're not even standing because you can't. You got to raise your hand to be acknowledged. And I love it. I'm here for it. Um, you can't let them hijack your lesson. So, kid, bad behavior, we have uh, disciplined people who sit in the hallway at all times. And they are all men. They are all men. And I don't know how y'all feel about that, um, but I am one of those people who has always said men don't realize how... Um, impactful they can be when they uh, are in a school system the voice and the presence alone curtails behavior and if it's consistent if you're in a school like I am where it's K-12 and that presence is consistent then by the time they get middle school there's a whole level of bullshit you don't have to deal with and I'm eager to see the effects of that I'm really eager to see the effects of that because we have women we have men I've seen let me tell y'all something I once was teaching a classroom and all I could hear in the hallway was a kid screaming for his life like literally screaming for his life and I looked out the door well first of all I could hear the student kind of yelling back and forth with an adult And I looked out the hallway and I saw that, you know, I saw that the adult male was talking to the kid, um, but he was being pulled in. See, you got to learn how not to let these kids pull you in. Next time I looked out the hallway, they're literally on top of this kid, holding him down, and he was screaming to a point of like he was losing his voice. And when I came back into my classroom, it bothered me to a point of tears, and my kids were like... It's going to be all right, miss. And I was like, no, because that's bullshit. You, shouldn't, you should not have to get to that level, especially when you're in a school full of kids who have emotional problems or who have problems at home. But nobody's teaching these adult men how to um, disable a kid who's already on 10. You see what I'm saying? A lot of these people, a lot of times, especially black people, we are like... Um, I don't give a damn, you know, I'm gonna nigga gonna get this and then and that's a no no. And it's it, it's prevalent. I'm not finna lie to y'all. It's prevalent. And everybody who's listening to me who has been in a classroom with these kind of people in the hallways, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because we take on a slave master's mentality when it comes to our children. You do what I say or hit the highway kind of thing. Well, if they're in a system that doesn't allow it and everybody's in agreement you'll never have to put your foot on their neck you really won't unless a kid is just and 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 at that point a kid needs special help right so what I'm really liking about these mock teachings is that I'm getting to see how they deal with it now one of the impressive things that I've seen is one of the teachers here named Miss Janine she's so she's so she's fun she's about 26 maybe 27 if she's older, I don't really, I can't, I can't tell. But <laughs> Miss Janine, we were doing a mock class with her. And so we get to act like the kids or whatever. And uh, Mr. Ankur, who is my uh, content lead, he was like, while she's teaching, he gets up and sharpens a pencil. Now, mind you, we don't have pencil sharpeners in our class. There are no electric pencil sharpeners. There are no hand pencil sharpeners on the wall this joker got a little old like eyeliner pencil sharpener he's sharpening this pencil and ironically enough it was kind of loud so she (laughs) was teaching and she goes uh excuse me that's her whole thing she starts everything with excuse me uh excuse me what are you doing and he you know in his student um acting he goes miss i'm sharpening my pencil uh did you ask me did you ask me to get up and sharpen your pencil Uh, No, miss, but I can't write. I can't write down what you're telling me to write without my pencil. Did you get, did you ask me? No, miss. So since you didn't ask me, what you're doing is wrong, right? It's wrong, right? Yes, ma'am. Then she looks at the class. Is it a rule that you can get up out of your seat without permission? No, miss, it's not, it's it's, it's not, it's, it's not a rule that we can get up. And I'm actually intimidated. I'm sitting in the back like, shit. And um, she just goes in and tells him the rule. You do not get up. And as a matter of fact, you don't get to go back to your seat. You have to stand here and lose a minute of your knowledge time because you don't know how to follow rules. Now, at the end of that one, we didn't all agree that she should have put him on the spot because middle school is also that area where they become victims They're not guilty of anything. They didn't say it. They didn't do it. It was everybody else but them. So there's a level of accountability that you have to make kids aware of. So I would have let him sit back down, but I would have also made him repeat the rule. I am not supposed to be up out of my seat to do anything without permission, right? Um, Another thing that I really loved about Janine was the bathroom thing. Mr. Encore, you know, pretended to be a 7th grader, raised his hand. "Um, Miss, can I go to the bathroom? And she just looked at him and said, you're in the 7th grade. We do not go in the bathroom in 7th grade. I told you that on the first day of school. I told you that on the second day of school. I told you that on the third day of school. You are growing up. You are no longer in the 6th grade. I do not have a medical excuse for you to be out of your seat to go to the bathroom. So no. And that was it. Now, some of y'all like that. She better let my baby go to the bathroom. Let me tell y'all something about seventh graders. They're savages. You, you may not want to believe it. Seventh grade, ask any teacher. It's the worst grade most people will say that you could teach. And that is because they are acutely aware of how to manipulate. They've learned it. They've sat in school from kindergarten to sixth grade trying to figure out What is their capacity to get what they want? And in seventh grade, because parents begin to kind of let them go, you know, you can kind of date now. You might be wearing makeup. You might have nails. Some of these motherfucking kids in seventh grade got tattoos. Right? So it's all kinds of out of control that happens in seventh grade. So for teachers, it's a battleground. You know, I'm General Custer. I'm, I'm a... Colin Powell. Colin Powell, yeah. So it's a battleground because seventh grade, they, you, you still think that's your baby, but they come into school changing clothes. They come into school doing all kinds of shenanigans, and they are not responsible for whatever it is that you're calling them out on. Believe it or not, I don't care. If you ain't a parent that has come and sit in and observe a seventh grade classroom, I don't want to hear it so the whole idea that as their teacher now i can be cynical without hurting their feelings because i am i am compassionate enough not to do that um but to check them to check them check them check them at all times you did not raise your hand i don't have to answer your question i can absolutely say that and i love that i love that i love that tough teaching like you got to stay focused on this lesson I know you I know these your brand new jeans. I know you just got your nails painted. I know you just got your ears pierced. I know uh, you just got accepted on the cheerleading squad. Oh, yeah, I realize that your sneaks didn't get dirty today, but you got to get this knowledge. And if you don't get this knowledge, I'm held responsible. So what we're not going to do is shenanigan our way through this. And there was a lot of room that I was given for not, once again, I'm having a discipline issue, so I'm having to learn how to discipline myself and be a little bit more um, active and proactive in my job than I've been in the past. Okay, so, but I've never felt like, I've never felt a part of a school system that would approach it the way that I would if I could. And I'm now there. I'm now somewhere where they will say, what did Ms. Kamika tell you to do? And if Kamika told you what to do, is it within the rules that she's now following, then you have no ground to stand on. Not to mention, parents cannot come to me. They have to go to my director. So that's why I'm saying to y'all, it's important that I learn how to follow rules. Because I need the adults to have my back in a way where nobody is questioned. No matter what, nobody is questioned. And the kid has to understand you were wrong, From jump for doing what you did so we're gonna see we're gonna see Um, my mattress did come I got my everything um, set up I slept in my bed last night no bug bites no itching no scratching nothing new everything is clearing up so I'm just waiting on the next wave of drama to come through because it's coming and this education system that I'm in is um, fascinating because this whole schedule that we're on, it changes by the second. And what's funny is my roommate, Shari, she gets up every day, you know, focused on what's not going right. And I have to tell her, you better focus on what's good. Quit focusing on what they're doing wrong. Quit focusing on what these people are doing wrong. And adjust and shift. And just get ready for whatever it is they're going to ask you to do. But she can't. It's something in her genes or something. Like, she's been, like, harping on why do they do it this way why do they do it that way and I'm like I've been where you are and questioning a system that doesn't want to be questioned is just not the question you want to ask it's not but I realize I'm a special case I've always been a special case so I'm gonna let her bump her head a couple of times she did her mock class today and it was awesome I'll talk about that later um but there's also a level two question asking that at some point you got to stop asking questions and just have the experience so that those questions will be answered. Remember, I talk about leaving room for God to operate into your life. That's a part of being pushed into the swimming pool and learning how to swim. That is a part of it. So if you focusing on what people are doing wrong and you're trying to get the job or you got the job and you so busy trying to figure out how you can come in and tell them they should do this and they should do that, you're wasting energy, you're wasting time, you're wasting um, emotions, you're wasting all kinds of stuff. And I'm just sitting back going, what do you want me to do? When do you want me to do it? Oh, you think I should do this now? Okay, well, let me do that now. And it's saving me so much peace. In, in ways that it didn't before. Because I'm telling y'all, I was one of them people that was, you telling me you're going to eat vanilla ice cream on Tuesday. And I'm saying, I'm going to put some sprinkles on mine. I don't care what nobody say. So, I'm learning how to say, no, I'm going to eat vanilla ice cream. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to eat until you say I can have my sprinkles. And in my whole entire life, in the 49 years that I've been alive, in my 50th year, it's the first time that I'm saying, I'm going to adhere to the rules fully Without question. And when I tell you my life is going good and I don't know what I've been doing all this time, I've been, you know what though? I've been dope. I've been teacher of the year. You know, I've been, people call me because they know that my classroom management skills and my approach to teaching is fantastic. And I agree. Sign my name on the line. But I know I could be better and I've always known I could be better. And I've always realized, well, if you just do, if you learn all the rules and practice the rules, then you can break the rules. And that's where I am. That's a part of why I I think I'm here, because I didn't realize that before I got here. But these people are tough and they will talk to you the way they talk to the kids. And I sort of understand it. I sort of understand it. I get confused because Western culture is just all willy-nilly. You literally gotta pull a gun out to get somebody to do what you need them to do. And that's unacceptable. Everybody is so um, strung out on getting their freedom in the way that they want it that they don't realize there are still rules, there are, there are still some concrete foundations that you gotta have in order to um, be a successful adult in this world. Anyway, I gotta go, Uh, I gotta be back in class at 1.30 and um, I'm headed that way. So that is, that's kinda what happened uh, yesterday. I ordered food for the first time on one of the apps and then the dude, it's weird because you have to put your location in on the app, but then the dude called me and was like, send me your location. And he was saying it in Arabic and I was like, I'm not finna get my food, I panicked. And I was coming back into the building to get Mr. Encore because some of the teachers live in our building, he speaks Arabic. And guess who I ran into? Oh, God is good. I ran into Nancy. And Nancy was on her way out with her son. And she was like, no, Ms. Kamika, I'm going to make sure you got what you need. So she called this dude, argued with him about why does she have to send you her address when it's in the app? Anyway, I got my food last night, thank God. And I got to get this language. I got to get this language. Because this is the one thing standing between me and and and. Being able to really communicate with with uh, the people here. And you got to be careful because the janitors, they come by, you know, we have a lot of stuff going on and they keep looking at me harder and harder and harder. And I keep trying to convey to them in my eyes, in my eyes that I am not your wife. I am not your wife. I don't already got the little emoji with the two little red hearts as the eyes. I am not your wife. Can somebody please tell me how to say that in Arabic? I am not interested in being your wife. Because I can already feel it. People are staring at me and they falling in love. (laughs) I just kid. I just kid. Anyway, y'all, be good, be good, be good, be God. I'll see y'all later tonight for episode 15. Peace.